We are still reverberating from the energy echoes of July's new moon on the 17th and Pluto square the nodes on July 18th. That's going to be active for several months. If you're feeling tired, irritated, angry, upset, or just plain done with the entire process, don't worry, it will pass and you are definitely not alone. We are in a very difficult energy cycle though, and this is going to be a tough time. Right now we're approaching a very powerfully aspected full moon, one of two in August. But there's a bright side, and that is we know what's happening and we're prepared for it. Even though it's very disruptive and you probably aren't sleeping very well right now, we are still moving forward with this ascension cycle. No one said it would be easy. Well, I never did anyway. We're moving through very dense energy as the 3D, 5D ascension integration continues. And sometimes it's a little hard to process. And we're often caught in the middle, in that space between the endings we didn't want to happen and the beginnings we thought we would not have to create. When we run out of energy road, we have to move on. And that's not always an easy place to be. Welcome to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host, and I want to show you how to create your rich, happy, and successful life. Since 2004, I've been teaching soul-congruent, mind-expanding, wholeness living to a global audience. I'm known as the world's most accurate intuitive, the iconic energy savant, a best-selling author of eight books, the expert on energy boundaries, alignment, integration, and intention. And I'm the founder of the Becoming 360 Method of Transformation. I'm here to motivate, inspire, and energize you to embrace your full potential, upsource your possibilities, revive your life, and shine your light brightly. Thank you for joining me on this week's High Vibes Living Podcast. And I hope you'll learn something that tunes you into your high vibes and motivates, energizes, and inspires you and shines some light on your journey. Let's get started. If you're facing the end of a relationship or life situation, you probably cringe when you hear the phrase, time to move on. You may have to do that, but you don't want to. You may be facing an ending that you didn't want, did not ask for, and hoped would never happen, but here you are. And you have to deal with it and move on. Moving on is that space between endings and beginnings, the limbo that we find ourselves in when we are forced to acknowledge that the path we're on is no longer going to work for us and we have to find something else. It's not fun. It's frustrating and it makes us feel helpless and powerless. But we don't have other options, so we have to deal with the ending and navigate our way through the limbo and learn how to move on. When we are in moving on limbo, we are untethered, anchorless, and rudderless. The energetic forces that once drove our beliefs, thoughts, words, and actions are no longer appropriate or relevant. And because we are moving on from a relationship or a situation that required a huge contribution of our energy, we've lost our set point and our focus, which is why we can feel so purposeless, ungrounded, and anxious. After an abrupt exit from an intense karmic cycle or situation, which is what these relationships and situations are, we feel like someone has let the air out of us. We have used so much energy for such a big purpose 
and been so intent on our mission that when it ends, we don't know what to do. Our energy needs a new focus. And if we're not careful, we'll find a similar situation and jump into it in order to give our energy a focus and relieve the pressure buildup of healing energy that has nowhere to go. Remember the old adage or what your mother used to tell you that you should wait two years after a divorce or a breakup to get into a new relationship? Well, my understanding of moving on limbo has given that saying a whole new meaning and a whole new level of understanding. Now, this isn't just about romantic relationships. It's about every life situation that runs out of energy road, that no longer fits or works for us, and that we are no longer aligned with and no longer resonate with. There is an emotional ending, but there's also an energetic ending. But this isn't one-sided. The other person, people, or the situation are no longer aligned with us either, and they don't resonate with us. Maybe it's because we have shifted and they can no longer connect with us. Or maybe it's because we'll no longer meet their energy needs and they will go find someone else to do their bidding. When we have to move on, we must acknowledge that in spite of our best efforts, in spite of our most inspired moves and actions, in spite of everything we've done and tried, we did not get the results we wanted and worse, it did not turn out anything at all like we wanted or hoped. Our dreams of happily ever after have turned into a sad see you later or never, and we have to learn how to restructure our lives without some of the pieces we thought would be part of the foundation instead of the temporary decor. This happens in jobs too. When you give your all to your work and you expect that big promotion and instead you get two minutes notice and two weeks severance pay. At least that was the case for me for every time I had a job layoff no matter how dedicated or committed I was to my job. When it came time for layoffs, my employers showed no appreciation and no mercy. I had to move on and find something else. How about that relationship where you love someone so much and you are fully committed to them and to the life you wanted to build together and they end it one way or another? I absolutely believe that when a partner cheats in a relationship or does something so egregious that the other partner has to end it because there's no other option, that they do it because they do not have the courage to acknowledge that they're no longer committed or interested or able to carry on. Instead, they force the other person to do their dirty work, which is to do what they don't have the courage to do themselves. Moving on is the space in between, and it's a tough place to be. If you're heartbroken, grief-stricken, bereft, confused, angry, and scared, you're paralyzed, motionless, and hoping that somehow the rewind button will be activated and you can go back to the life you had and new beginnings will not be necessary. But that's not how it happens, and moving on is the only alternative. It appears to be the case for so many of us these past few years, as we've had to move on from relationships we thought would be part of our lives forever, because they involve partners, family, and long-standing friendships. Yet in the space of a moment, they were over, done, and we had to move on. Moving on is a sign that we have run out of energy road. Our journey with that person or situation is finished. There is no more to do and no more energy available for that connection. 
No matter what we do, someone's decision to step out of energetic alignment with us is their choice and we have to accept it, no matter how much it conflicts with our plans and our expectations. Or maybe our decision to align with new energies has made that choice for us. But there's something else at work here, another force that has been powering this relentless path of endings and beginnings, of painful cycles of relationships that end in disappointment and sadness, and it's our karma. Ever since 2004, when I first began writing and channeling, I've been saying that this is the lifetime where we end our karmic cycles, contracts, entanglements, connections, and pathways. It has taken a very long time to get us to this point, but we're here. And if you've noticed in the past four or five years, many of your long-held, cherished relationships, the ones that you thought would eventually change or get better, the ones you have poured your heart and soul into, the ones that have taken all your time, energy, attention, and effort to maintain, are ending. And it's time to move on. If you wonder who you have karma with, it's everyone in your life. The person who stops to help you change a tire, the stranger you meet who shares a bit of information, the rival at work who tries to take your job, the wonderful friend and the awful friend, your family, partners, neighbors, they all share karma with you. Sometimes it's resolved quickly with one good deed. Sometimes it's more complicated. I have a great good deed story that I've shared with you before. This is oh, a good 20 years ago. For some reason, I don't recall having a cell phone with me. So it must have been before cell phones became as, as ubiquitous as they are now. But I had driven to a part of town that was pretty far from home. I was going to be 20 miles from home. And I don't remember why I was there, but I had an errand to run. It had to be done there. So I went there. And it was late in the day. It was in a hurry. So I go and take care of my errand. I come back to my car. I dig around in my purse for my keys. And they're not there. And I just happened to glance in the window and I'm standing by the driver's side and there are my keys in the ignition and the car's locked. It was getting late. It was probably about five o'clock. I was in a part of town that was more industrial. So there were no people around. Everybody was had left to go home from work and there were no pay phones. I didn't know what to do. So of course I leaned up against my car and I start crying. <laughs> it had been a difficult time. It had been a difficult week. I think I had lost my job and I was struggling with trying to find another job and going through all of that so I'm standing there and it was just one last thing it was like the final straw and I'm just sobbing and a man comes walking down the street and he walks to the car that's parked directly behind me and he sees me crying standing in for next to my car and he comes up he says is, is everything okay what's wrong and I'm sobbing and I said I locked my keys in the car well, it was summertime and it was hot, so I had left the window cracked on the passenger side just a little bit. And he said, I think I have something that will help. So he goes to his car. He pulls out this long, thin slat of wood. He said, I think this will work. And he goes over to the passenger side. He pushes it into the window. And he put, and I had those door locks that, that you just have to push from one side to the other. And he pushes the door lock and the door opens. Well, he just happened to have stopped by the hardware store to pick up these wood slats to fix a louver door. He just happened to park directly behind me and he just happened to be returning to his car at a time when I was standing next to mine, sobbing. Everything lined up. 
I don't know who that man was. I thanked him for his help. I asked for his name. I asked him if I could do something for him. He said, no problem. Glad I could help. He got in his car and drove off. I've never seen him again, but I've never forgotten his kindness. This is one way that good deeds serve to resolve a former karmic entanglement. And if you have someone who does a good deed like this for you, pay attention because this person is fulfilling some kind of karmic obligation to you. It's not easy to complete karmic cycles though. I have to warn you, these are relationships and situations that include our most cherished desires. Our desire to be loved, to be valued, to be wanted, our desires to be appreciated, to have safety and security, to be cherished by someone, our deepest, strongest connections. These are our soulmates and long lost loves, the love denied to us, the child we lost, the lover who abandoned us, the friend who betrayed us, the loved one who died in our arms. There are lifetimes of grief, pain, guilt, shame, love, and every other emotion which is embodied in these connections. So not only are we dealing with the emotional impact of moving on and going through endings we didn't want and new beginnings we didn't ask for, we're dealing with the energetic impact of not being connected to people who drain us of our energy, love, and power. Moreover, where we got used to having a limited amount of energetic resources for our lives because we were using every available frequency to hold up our karmic connections, we now have to find something else to do with our energy. It's a sort of empty nest syndrome where the nest was the energetic space we had prepared for our karmic partners to change, transform, and to become the person we wanted and needed them to be. It's over. That's not something that's going to happen. And it is something we have to get used to. You may think that we would celebrate the end of our karmic prisons and cycles, the end of relationships with people who use, abuse, mistreat, and manipulate us. But that isn't the case. Our vision for those relationships has always exceeded their potential because we thought that with enough love, attention, and energetic support, they would become something else, something we could live with and find joy in. That the people who are our karmic partners would be nice and gracious, respectful and appreciative. But that didn't happen. Instead, it becomes painfully obvious that the relationship must end and we have to move on into the limbo of moving on as we figure out what we're going to do when we aren't the healer, are not energetically compromised and emotionally bound, and are free to be in joy. Our path towards energetic sovereignty invites the end of our karma and also moving on. Because we have to move beyond any situation which exists solely via the continuous application of our energy. You know what those relationships are. If you pull back your energy at all, they fall apart. Those are the ones with the strongest karmic connections and they are the ones we believe that we should maintain at all costs. Our definition of karma, our belief in what we should be doing with it, our commitment to our karmic mission as we see it, and our desire to be karma-free through resolution, not release, is the culprit here. We truly believe that our lifetime of ending karma means we're going to heal all of our karmic connections, that those will become fabulous, committed, permanent relationships, and that we will have the relationships that we've always wanted and worked and sacrificed lifetimes to create. 
But that is not to be, because karma rarely ends with a happily ever after. It usually ends with a regrettable separation that may be and probably will be permanent. And do you want to know a secret? It would have ended permanently lifetimes ago if we had not held on to the belief that it was our job to fix it and that person or to turn it into a perfect relationship and the people or persons involved into model citizens. So moving on becomes more than the space between endings and beginnings. It's more than an emotional and energetic limbo that we find ourselves in when a relationship or connection ends. It's the ending of our karmic missions, the ending of our pain and grief, and the ending of our feeling responsible for the energetic well-being of everyone in our karmic circle. It's the end of our sacrifice and limitation. And if we can see it that way, then moving on becomes a celebration and not a punishment. It's an acknowledgement that we have truly conquered our karma and we are free to live our lives in the way we want to. But first, we have to acknowledge that we no longer have to live the karma-focused, limited life, that we can become energetically free and sovereign without fear of leaving anyone behind, of not fulfilling our karmic mission, and of being able to manage our energetic resources and to use them for ourselves and for our own well-being. It's the end of the presence of the four core karmic pillars in our life and the beginning of energetic and emotional freedom. We can acknowledge that as we are contemplating our next moves in that moving on space, the space between endings and beginnings, we can choose to grieve in that space or to celebrate, to use it to plot our return into our karmic unfinished business or to enjoy our long-deserved newfound freedom and to explore the new energetic resources we now have access to. And if we can see that moving on is the greatest gift that we can give ourselves, then we're ready to release our karmic burdens as we've been promised was possible in this lifetime and start living our life from a place of total energetic sovereignty, alignment with our own revived soul mission, and to finally know the joyful, joy-filled high vibes living that is our divine birthright that is our soul's gift to us, and that we have longed for, for so long. Thanks so much for tuning in to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and that it has inspired, motivated, and energized you to take a few steps towards your rich, happy, and successful life. If you need more inspiration for your life path, check out my eight best-selling books on Amazon, or look at a transformational intuitive session, coaching, or program on my website, enlighteninglife.com. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter and join my over 5 million weekly blog readers. Please subscribe to the High Vibes Living Podcast. Give it a like and a review. Your acknowledgement helps others find us and get the information and inspiration they need to turn their pain into joy and their fear into confidence. Your Becoming 360 transformation into congruence and divine harmony is a step away, as is your rich, happy, and successful life. Join us each week for a new episode, and I look forward to our next time together. Mm-hmm.